The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts, Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Uriah here, and uh, well, it's the off-season, so we're going to talk about off-season stuff, guys. I hope you guys are enjoying your week thus far, though. How are we doing tonight? Doing well. Doing good. Ben Simmons just got a new house. Where? California, baby. California sunshine. Close to home, close to Australia, beautiful home. Can't can't lie. I'm very very envious. But Uriah, didn't you say that there was something missing before we came on? Well, based on I have no life. I, mean, I just scroll on Twitter all day, <laughs> and on Twitter I just say hey, Ben Simmons is trending, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's because he's you know doing something interesting, you know, basketball related. But no, he bought a new house. And it's called Hidden Valley, California. Go figure. Anyway, so uh, seven bedrooms, eight bathrooms, and uh, three-car garage. Really just, I don't know, out of this world. Kitchen, guest room, two pools. Hey, hang on, you're right. Hang on one second. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just realized my dryer's on. Can you guys hear that? I uh, can't. Um, I guess you can turn it off. Okay, give me one second. Yeah. It wouldn't be a podcast without Lucas's dryer going. <laughs> yeah, I do. I can tell a difference now. I can tell a difference now. Yeah. If it's if it's not his dryer, it's the bugs that he's squashing with his. his oh boyfriend. my gosh! I am sorry. It was like one time with the bug. I just it was one of those like water centipede bug thingies, and I was like, no. Did you listen to it? Did you finally listen? To I it? didn't. I tried. I, you know, I listened to the original part, but you just put up like, oh, it's at three three minute thirty three minutes exactly. So I haven't had a chance today. So okay. no, I have not listened. All right, to that you got put down. Put down the two K video games. Anyway, as we were saying, uh, as we were interrupted by the dryer. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, Ben Simmons, he has this huge home. I forget how many millions he paid for it, but good for Ben. It's a really lovely, modern home. All these bedrooms, all these bathrooms, zero basketball rims. But, of course, let's cue Chris's excuses for why he doesn't need a basketball room in his home. He can install one after buying it. <laughs> Just because the guy who lived there didn't have one before doesn't mean he won't eventually have one. Lucas, do you have faith that Simmons will install a basketball hoop in his new million-dollar home? 
I mean, it might the he might install a hoop, but there won't be a three point line there. <laughs> what? That was okay. that was pretty good. Let me get let me try out this new media thing. Let me do the laughing. Okay, we'll see if that pops up. What a what a waste of our first laugh track. <laughs> no, it was a good one, Chris. Don't be a hater. But you know, Chris, you, we we can exceedingly we, mediocre one. Okay. Okay. Well, the good news Sorry. is, Chris, you can introduce our first subject, and there are some things that might be laughable in this one if you have a cynical sense of humor, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So we're gonna go down the roster. Um, Uriah has done us the favor of posting the the roster from ESPN in our agenda. It goes in alphabetical order, so we'll go in alphabetical order, Lucas. We're going to give everyone an offensive grade for the season and a defensive grade for the season. So we're going to start with everyone's favorite sixer, Gary Clark, who played zero minutes of worth this season. What What's your offensive grade for Gary Clark? Incomplete. Yeah. Okay. I, I assume the defensive grade is the same. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll second that. I, I like Gary Clark. I, <laughs> I do too. Player. Yeah, I think he, he could stick around, but he didn't do anything this year. Um, they kind of signed him like the last like week or two of the season. So, yeah, yeah, he was there really... for a cup of coffee. That's yeah. about it. So mm-hmm. we'll move on and talk about someone a little bit more notable in Seth Curry. What's your offensive grade for Seth? Offensive grade. Now that's a little tough because injured throughout most of the season, either either dealing with COVID, you know, related system symptoms after the fact. Um, Jason Tatum went through him too, and the, uh, so and you know and then the ankles were bothering him for most of the season as well. So I'm gonna give Seth, despite all that, I'm still gonna give him a solid B, possibly B plus, but I'm gonna say B just to be safe. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the season as a whole, I think obviously he's one of the best shooters on the planet. That is pretty much a given with him at this point. Um, he wasn't as aggressive as people would have liked during the regular season, but in the postseason, he was pretty much the sixth or second best player. That's, you know, that's when the basketball really counts. That's, that's when well, you, Chris, you question, are we just form. doing regular season grades yeah, or are we doing season, regular and postseason? Oh, okay. Postseason, then he's, he's an A minus. He's an okay. A minus because he was an A plus during the postseason and B, so yeah. A minus. Yeah, I'd say Look. A minus. I'm a stingy grader, so I'll give him a B plus. Okay. I'm a, just for fun. But what's your defensive grade? Ooh, that's a tough one. I guess you you could say he was the weak link of the starting five defensively. That being said, I mean he he it wasn't like he got you know seriously scorched by anybody on a regular basis. I give him. I would say he was probably like an average defender this season, so I'll give him a C. Sure. Given the limitations, a C is fine with me. He's not a very good defender, but he, he plays hard. He knows what he's doing out there. Um, so, yeah. Next on the list is our guy, Joel Embiid. Uh, Lucas, what's your offensive grade for the MVP runner-up? A+. plus. I think that's pretty simple. How about defense? I'm going to say A. Ooh. Not an A+, plus, A. I think this was de- – I don't think this was his best defensive year. Mm-mm. So I'm going to give it, and I think part of that is just because he was carrying such a load on offense that 
that his, you know he had to taper off just a little bit defensively, but I think an A is still more than fair. Yeah, I agree. I mean, offense A plus, it's it's pretty easy. Um, defense, I agree. I don't think this was his best year on that end, primarily because he was carrying such a load offensively. He certainly did improve over last season, though I think, and he finished second team all defense, despite mm-hmm. this not being his best defensive year. So I think a B plus. B minus in that range okay. is pretty fair. Just because we know what he can do. He obviously stepped it up big time in the playoffs and had some incredible moments on that end. In the postseason, they were a bit fewer and far between in the regular season. But again, he was, by voters, considered one of the 10 best defenders on the planet still. So mm-hmm. I think he. I think the area that I would have liked about. to see a little bit more, at least tangibly, was not was the rebounding because at times it felt like he was disinterested in rebounding and you saw it was a low number rebounding per game this year for him compared to years past so i mean mm-hmm. i you know but that's nitpicking yeah um next up on the list is danny green lucas what's your offensive grade for danny green now, if you asked me in the beginning of the year it would have been a pretty bad one but he really got he re- once I think part of the issue was is because they were asking him to be a high volume shooter in January because they didn't have any much offense anywhere else. Um, so as a whole and during the postseason, he had a great first round, terrible second round before the injury. I'm gonna give him. I'll give him a. I'll give him a B, B minus. I'll say B though. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I'll stick with you on that one. What about defense? Defense. Oh gosh. I mean, obviously he's not the three and D guy that he was when he was with the Spurs, um, but still great team defender. Depending on who he's playing, he can still do solid one on one. You know, it's a little bit more matchup dependent than what it used to be. But you know, he can still be a pest. You know, one on one defense too, depending on who the matchup is. Um, obviously, there are some players like Trey Young that can just scorch him. But I mean, he held his own against. Russell Westbrook, who is a future Hall of Famer. All right. Um, Russell Westbrook held his own self. I mean, if we're being honest with you. I mean, but you still got to give Danny some credit. I mean, he stayed in front of him. Well, he stood like 20 feet back. Hey. hey. Let Westbrook. He knew that he had this hit stand 20 feet back. I agree. He did get it. <laughs> I, I'm going to give him defensively. I'll give him a B plus this season. I, 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 very hard on him. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a B. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to give him B plus this season. Yeah. B, 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 B plus. That's fine with me. Um, okay. Next on the list is Tobias Harris. What's your offensive grade for, for Toby? I'm going to give him a solid A. Yeah, I agree. Um, best season of his career. Fixed a lot of the problems that held him back uh, last season, so I, I think A's a good good one. What about defense? I say this is his best defensive year. He really tried. I loved the marquee game for me, him defensively, was when he had the guard Brandon Ingram, and he shut Ingram down. Ingram, all-star, play, all-star level player, 20 point, 23 points per game on efficient shooting, shut him down that, that Pelicans game. Granted, Ben got scorched, but um, so I'm gonna give him a solid B plus defensively this season. I think him and Danny Green were on the same level. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure, he is pretty good. I'll I'll say B, um, just to be plain and average about it. Next on the list is everyone's favorite backup guard at this point, George Hill. 
Um, Lucas, the Sixers traded your favorite player uh, to get George Hill, so you might be a little bit biased in, in as far as how you evaluate his performance. But what's your offensive grade for George Hill? C plus. Wow. And the re- reason why wow. is because, yeah, no, guys, I wasn't impressed. He was averaging, what, five points per game with us versus 11 with the Thunder? Like, I know the Thunder are rebuilding, so he got a lot more shot attempts. But, I mean, the efficiency was, like, hit or miss there. He was kind of inconsistent. And I get it that he was coming off a wrist injury, but I wasn't overly impressed. And he kind of – it felt like he just didn't know his place in the offense for – especially during the regular season. The postseason, I just wasn't impressed with what he could contribute. Like, it wasn't that impressive. So I'm going to give him a C+. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's way too high. Um. I'll say C minus D plus in that range. He wasn't very good. Um, what about defense? Defense? I think he was solid defensively. Slightly above average. I'll give him a B plus. I think he's a good defender. Um, uh, and I think he played really good defense in the playoffs, uh, to his credit, when the offense just wasn't there. Um, okay. So next next on the list is Dwight Howard. Oh, offensive. gosh. Can we just count the regular season for Dwight? <laughs> No, 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 we have to do the postseason. Offensively, I'm going to have to give him, like, let's see, if I give him, like, a B during the regular season and then, like, a, a D plus, I'll give him a C minus. And, no, C, I'll give him a C. Whose offense were you watching during the regular season? I mean, he was, I mean, for what he was supposed to do, offensive rebounds, putbacks, lobs, he was doing okay. When he wasn't doing those things, when he was trying to post up, it was awful. Yeah. So he balanced those two out. That's an average grade. I don't think there's anyone in the NBA with worse hands than Dwight Howard at this point. It's I mean, sad because, you know. His inability to catch a basketball is truly remarkable. Um, yeah, look, I'll say, like, C- minus for offense. I'm being generous. He really didn't fit with this team at all. Um, generally speaking, he was not a positive impact player on offense. But I'll be nice. So C minus. What about defense, Lucas? Um, you know what? I'm gonna have to give that. I'm gonna have to give that a, a solid B minus. If, if it wasn't for the postseason, I'd give it higher, like a B plus. But the postseason kind of brought that down a little bit because he just could not. He couldn't figure out like Robin Lopez and Capella. And so I'm going to have to, and like, he wasn't in, like, it wasn't just his matchups. It was teams were getting inside the paint with him there. So I'm going to, I'm going to say B minus. Uh, yeah. Again, that's really generous. I think. Um, but I'll, I'm in a generous mood. So I'll say B minus two. Um, next on the list is Isaiah Joe. Lucas, what's your offensive grade for the rookie out of Arkansas? Uh, I mean, A for effort, but uh, if we're actually talking great here, a little bit inconsistency, not really his fault, though, not getting regular minutes. I'm going to say, I mean, look at the three-point percentage and the field goal percentage. The three-point percentage is higher. (laughs) But, no, I'll I'll say this. I'll give him, uh, offensively, for what he was uh, supposed to do, when he was supposed to do it, I'll give him a, a C plus. That's slightly above average. I'm looking at his basketball reference page, and according to basketball reference, his nickname is Strokin' Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible nickname. Oh, gosh. 
If we were allowed to make jokes on here, we would. I would, but we're not allowed to make the jokes. Um. <laughs> so look, for that nickname alone, I'm going to give it an A. What's your defensive grade, Lucas? That that I mean, I oh my gosh, you weren't joking. Sorry, I had to look it up. Um, let's see here. Uh, defensively, you know what? I thought he held his own defensively. I'm gonna give him. A, I'm gonna give him B minus for his defense because I think he's. I think what's stopping him defensively is not his IQ; it's his physical strength. So I'm gonna give him a B minus. Yeah, guys. Look, I mean, Stroke and Joe played some pretty big defense. <laughs> I don't you get, don't it. get it. Break he it was down. Good. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was good. He played way better than I thought he would on that end. Um, look, the young ones aren't gonna understand that joke, so we don't have to edit it out. Um, I'll say yeah. A. I'm, I'm uh, just uh, running the bandwagon. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for taking this seriously, Chris. Next no. Is I'm on Quark Mod. <laughs> okay. I'm ready for Quarky. Let's go. It's great. I will give Quark Mods. I'll give him a B. Yeah. Oh, I think okay. this was one of his better offensive seasons. Uh, even though the percentages don't show it, um, I thought he was a lot more confident. He was important to a lot more game scoring wise, especially in the second half of the season. Um, I think he's just the more confidence he gets, the more I think the more confidence and the more minutes he gets, like the more fantastic he'll be offensively, more uh, potentially lethal he can be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think. Yeah. Your thoughts? I'll 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 trust you on that one. Fine. I think we're being a little generous, but I'll stick with I mean, B. Maybe what? we can do B minus if you really want. Yeah. I know last time we did this sort of thing, I graded on a curve, but I've already given out two A's. Granted, A's that maybe weren't very seriously considered, but what's your defensive grade for Furcon? I mean, it's like a D, which last year was an F, so improvement. Yeah. Well, I didn't even go like C minus. I think. Oh, you you are being generous. You're being the generous one. Relative to our expectations of what he could provide, I'll say C minus. Okay. I I think he stepped it up. Um, Okay, fair enough. Next on the list is Tyrese Maxey. What's your offensive grade for the rookie? Oh gosh. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna have to do B plus. I don't think we were expecting him to come out this well, and even when he hit the rookie wall, able to overcome it by the end of this season, it was a major, probably, I would say, arguably the uh, second best bench player in the playoffs. What? Outside. Who yeah. was better? Matisse. Of who? Who? Matisse. What? Defensively, right, Uriah, you're the authority on Matisse Thibault. Was he better than Tyrese Maxey in the playoffs? Uh, to be honest with you, Maxie only had two decent games offensively, and he couldn't even get playing time at at one point because uh, Doc got desperate. I'd say they might be even. Okay, I'll I'll concede right, that. Right. I'll concede that. Who had that. a greater overall impact on a, on a series without Maxie? I don't even know if we get the seven games of Atlanta, frankly. Okay, fair. Matisse was pretty much non-existent through a good chunk of games like maybe he played yeah. more consistently but he didn't do anything on offense either and his defense 
was not as prolific as, as we would have hoped I in think that it's Atlanta a watch. series. I think whatever I, I whatever whatever, whatever Maxi whatever brought offensively, yeah. Dybul brought defensively, and a lot of his play can't be quantified because he does so many intangible things defensively. So I, I yeah, he didn't do that. Much. I'd say they break even offensively. Yeah, well, yeah, for offense, I think A minus, B plus is probably where I'd slap Maxi. Um, what about defense, Luke? Defense, um, that improved over the season as well. So I'll give him a, a you know what, I probably would have given him a D to begin the season, but now I'll give him like a solid C minus. Maybe even C. I'll say C. I'll give him an average mm-hmm. defender. Shake mm-hmm. Milton. God love him. What's his offense? Oh, gosh. Oh gosh, this is so hard. Um, not. Um, oh, I'll give on. him a C plus, and that's being generous. All right, F. Moving on, defensive grade. Wow. Well, no, you have to. You have to explain that one. What is there to explain? He, we if we're count, if you're counting regular and postseason, Chris, he averaged 13 points per game on 35 percent shooting from downtown. Granted, yeah. most of that was that three point shooting increased at, after the All Star break, but still, you have to Fine. give him some credit. D. What was his defensive grade? Uh, that 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 I'm gonna say is probably like a D. Yeah. Okay. F. Um, <laughs> next on the list is Paul Reed. Offensive grade. Are we counting the G League? Of course we are. Oh well, then and then he has to get an A an A minus. Oh please, A plus. What's his defense grade? <laughs> a, a, a look, if, Paul if, Reed is B one plus, of two B, B plus NBA endorsed MVPs. No, one okay, I, I, I will say A minus for defense too, for counting two MVPs of the 2020-21 season that are in some way related to an NBA adjacent league, and one of them is Paul Reed. I feel like Chris, right. you're right. I think Chris is getting power hungry with this now. Defensive grade. <laughs> I don't know what's a going minus. on. A minus. I don't know. There's some bias a. in there somewhere. It's an A plus. Okay. Mike Scott. <laughs> uh that 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 is grade. that is a that, that 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 is a D minus. I'm being nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. F. What's your defensive grade? F. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think he was terrible defensively this year. I'll be nice to Mike because I like him. I'll give him a C minus on defense just to be nice. Um, <laughs> what's your offensive grade for Ben Simmons, Lucas? Um, I'm gonna probably say like, I guess we have to include playmake. Well, that was even down this year. <laughs> oh, uh, um, C. Yeah, C. that's fair. I'll ride with a C. Um. How about defense? I mean, that's A+. Plus. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, second place in defensive player of the year voting. Yeah. You two both argued that he should have been number one. So mm-hmm. it's hard to give him anything else. So A+, plus on, on defense. Um, yeah. How about offense, Lucas, for Matisse Theibel? Uh, your eye's going to hate me. I'm going to have to say <laughs> I'm going to say C-. Minus. What? D. He okay. Impl- <laughs> he improved as as the season went on with that three point shot. It just was really uh-huh. shaky to begin. You the gotta year. give this guy at least a C. Like a I, C gave a C, I gave him a C minus for offense. Yeah, for what? Okay. For, for look, he 
was able to finish more at the rim. He was able to dunk for the first time with one hand. Uh, I think he only dunked one time all season with one hand, but he stepped his game up. He stepped his game up That's offensively. That's like saying Ben shot 62% from the free throw line instead of 57, okay? <laughs> Look, he was he, – I didn't give him an F. Okay, defensively, I think we can both agree that he was probably a A plus. A plus. Yeah. Of course. A plus. Yeah. Best perimeter defender in the league, pound for pound, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A plus. Um, Anthony Tolliver, what's your offensive grade for Anthony Tolliver? Wow. It's very harsh. He didn't play. When he did play, what did he shoot, Chris? Like in the teens. All right. You gave Gary Clark an incomplete. Yeah, but he, but he actually didn't attempt it. But but he, Anthony Tolliver actually played games. Chris, he played some games and he shot horribly when he did play. That's not my fault. That's not his fault. It's Doc Rivers' fault. But guess what? I have to grade on the sample size that I have. I don't have a sample size for Gary Clark. I have a sample size for Anthony Tolliver. Nothing personal, Anthony. It is what it is, though. I'm gonna say incomplete. What's your defensive grade? I mean, I'll be nice and give him a D. Love it. Um, last and barely not least, um, Rajon Tucker. What's your offensive grade for him? A plus on the dunks alone. There we go. I like no, that. seriously though, I'll, I'll say I'll give him a C minus. There's not much to work on. I'll give him a B. Just because I dunks? feel like it. I feel okay. I'm in a generous mood today. Despite are you in the words of Xerxes? Xerxes, or are you a generous god king? Is that it? Yeah. Um, okay. Defense for Bajan Tucker. I'll, I'll give him a C minus because I don't really mm-hmm. have too much to work on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll give him a B too because who knows? Um, look, just we're gonna round this out with one cumulative grade for everyone's favorite head coach, the man who. Has done nothing wrong all season, of course. Doc Rivers. What's your, what's your grade for Doc? Um, I'm going to give Doc... you got to remember what type of roster he's working with. Um, he's not been perfect, though. During the I'll, give him, season, I'll, give him B, I'll give him a B-. minus. During the regular season, we were all speaking very highly of this roster. Yeah. Well, you know, regular season... I mean, it is uh, like I said. I think B minus is fair. He definitely made some flaws and some is it mistakes. A bad roster or a mismanagement of a good roster? Who, um, who I think it, it, what I think both can be true at the same time. Yeah. What was your grade? Sorry. I, B minus. B minus. Okay. Um, well, taking the playoffs into account, where I think Doc was probably among the most responsible people for that second round defeat. Um, which really just, like, meant the Sixers fell short of all their goals. Um, You know, look, the Sixers were the number one seed. The energy around this team until the very end was much better than it had been the year before. Doc clearly was able to relate with guys and put them in a position to succeed during the regular season. Um, I mean, he clearly has a great amount of trust in just about everyone, (laughs) which I certainly did not. Um... But yeah, like in the playoffs, he was out coached by a guy who's not famous for his adjustments in Nate McMillan, and he 
continually rode a bench that was giving him absolutely nothing in a game seven, even uh, when everything was on the line. I, I he coached a really poor playoffs. So, to, to, to be fair, what 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 you right? I was going to ask if I could jump in real quick. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. So, all right. First of all, Chris, it wasn't Doc Rivers' fault that his starting point guard was afraid to shoot. I agree. And, and he missed, got the yips. He missed ten free throws. In one single game, right. 10, 10. That's yeah, that was like Doc Rivers' fault. Also, Brett Brown never got the Sixers the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Brett Brown was not able to get the most out of Joel Embiid. But you you, you got to give Doc more credit. And that collapse was not, not all on him. I'm not giving him no credit. He did a lot of good things during the regular season. But if you don't know how to manage all these pieces that you're maximizing, quote unquote, then it doesn't really matter. If you lose but to the Chris, Hawks in the second round, Ben Simmons deserves a lot of the blame. I agree. He, but he, Chris, it's not like he didn't make adjustments. He just didn't make every single did. adjustment he should have made. He did make adjustments. So Lucas, here here's where it gets crazy to me. All right, everyone mm-hmm. who's pointing fingers at Doc Rivers, he didn't know how to adjust. He's a poor manager. He has a track record of losing all these leads. Listen, you he got does. your star, you got a star center. Who's hurt, mm-hmm. and you want him to play? Wait, wait, wait. You, you you want him to play all forty eight minutes? Like, yes, like other teams did. Yeah, you, you want to? Re- nah, 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 man. You, nah, you, nah. You can't. Look, and then, and if you if you don't if you don't and you put in Ben because you want to play a small five because that'll do better than Dwight Howard, which might have been true. It would, but it might have been. He was a liability so on offense. Play. So you know they just would have gone to hack a Ben when that happened. Exactly, you would have hacked a Ben more often than not. I think he was damned if he did, damned if he didn't, and there was no way he could get out of this series alive when his starting point guard just went to the corner. And to be fair to Doc Rivers, those series that he lost with the Clippers. Injuries, 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 injuries to Blake Griffin, CP3 sometimes, but yeah, exactly. I mean. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can game one almost entirely on Doc's back. Yeah, and that's on Doc. And I'm not saying that he's not absolved from game one and game five. Okay, 50 50 on that because Doc's not on the court. He can't make the play. Lucas, everybody's playing Monday morning quarterback. First of all, in game one, he did make adjustments after halftime. So just so he, did. he did, he did. Right, but, but so, it was but, but you, that... Chris, So Chris, if you're the if you're the head coach of a team, you're gonna say you're gonna have enough foresight to say I can't put Danny Green on Trey Young. Yes, I'm just, that was come like on. the dumbest. Come on, that was the most obvious thing is mm. to put Ben on Trey. I, that was the clear. I think you. I think anyone you, who wants. I mean, but but Chris, he run, but run, Doc's cover, done that all season long. But Doc, but Chris, Doc had did that all season long. He saved it Ben. Never worked during the yeah, but season. it did though. It did. Having Danny Green guard Bradley Beal in the regular season never worked. Did we not win those games? Did we not win those games? But we won those games. Yeah, because they're the Wizards and the Hawks, who you shouldn't be losing to. But they lost. But guess what? The Hawks are looking like they could win that series against the Bucks and get to the NBA Finals. Giannis is hurt. Even if Giannis, even if Giannis wasn't hurt, and neither was Trey Young, Mike Budenholzer is not a good coach either, guys. But yeah, these, you you say these guys are good coaches, Chris, but they get their teams so Lucas, to you the could, Eastern Conference. You could argue. There you, is a difference between a good regular season coach and a good playoff coach. If you are too stubborn to move on from what you did in the regular season just because it got you to that point, you're going to fail in the playoffs time and time again. Chris, how many championships does Mike D'Antoni have? I don't 
don't care what Doc did 13 years ago. The game has changed. That right. is borderline meaningless. I understand that guys respect him and that 13 years ago he may have been the best coach in the league. But Greg Popovich is not the best coach in basketball right now. He has six championships. That means nothing to me. There are guys I would take over Greg Popovich right now. I would take Ty Lue over Greg Popovich. That doesn't like I, mean that, like, historically, like Doc I said, is not a great coach. Coach is but only right good now, as his players. Coach is only as good as Okay, players. let's talk. Okay, if we're talking historical stats, Chris, let's look at this. See, Doc Rivers C is, is... my grade for Doc Rivers. He's what? C. C. Uh, he's C? fine. He, that's a passing grade. Oh, my gosh. He did gosh. what he had to. All right. Well, let's go, let's go let's ahead and move, move on. on. Yeah. yeah, let's just move on. We're going to talk about some more Ben Simmons rumors because why not? It's the offseason. Um, so according to Score North, Score is spelled S-K-O-R, North. And I, who was that? Was that Darren Wolf, Wolfson or was that somebody else, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've actually talked to Darren a few times over Twitter when I was covering Timberwolves for another website. Um, no, apparently, according to a source that he's talked to, the Timberwolves want him, Ben Simmons, badly. So, guys, uh, uh, Chris, you can go first. You're right. You can chime in if you want. Thoughts? What do you think? Do you think that's a good move for Minnesota? Uh, well, yeah. I think for Minnesota, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, Ben puts you closer to the playoffs. You're trying to appease Carl Anthony Towns, who's good friends with Ben Simmons, and who, if, if they don't start winning games, at some point is going to ask for a trade. So to try to get better and to get a 24-year-old all-star who can batten down the hatches on defense, which is Minnesota's biggest issue, just defensive versatility, of course that makes sense. Ben would be great there. Cat is a much cleaner fit than Joel. It, it makes a lot of sense on paper. Um, as for how Minnesota gets him, I'm a bit more skeptical. You start with um, D'Lo's not a bad player to start with. And he's not anywhere near I mean, as Ben Simmons. It's a market down. Let me ask you this: Would you would, let me let me let me let, let me ask you this? If you if you think Delo's on a bad contract, who would you rather have, Tobias or Delo? Oh, with this team right Tobias. now. Tobias. Okay, Uriah. It's not even close. Tobias is much better. You're talking about t- who's better, Tobias or Delo? Who would you rather have on this Sixers team, Delo or Tobias? If we're talking about bad contracts. Uh. It's Tobias. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. Well, anyway, so you right. Do you think that they need what, – what type of package do you see for Ben Simmons? I think we'd have to get at least D'Angelo Russell or Anthony Edwards. I doubt we'd get Edwards because the second half of the season he really flourished. Definitely not getting – Car Anthony Towns. We don't need Doesn't him. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, we don't even need him. So, yeah, maybe Beasley and, and Russell. Maybe a pick. That, that's what I would think. Um, For me, I think you have – I mean, you could get a third team involved if a third team is high on Russell. Then, I mean, maybe you can swap out some – I know Chris wrote an article today doing three hypotheticals. One of them I liked was uh, you sent, you get OKC involved, you get Kemba plus two picks from Minnesota, and then you do um, D'Lo to the Thunder and the Sixers get, you know, and then the, what was the trade, Chris? You wrote yeah. it. 
Kimba, Malik Beasley, and Ty Jerome, plus a couple of picks going to Philly. Um, D'Angelo Russell and Shake Milton going to OKC. And then Ben Simmons and George Hill going to Minnesota. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I like that. I like Ty Jerome as a prospect. I think Beasley's, you know, when he's not in legal trouble, which I hope in the future he doesn't, he can keep his uh, keep his act together and not get in any more trouble. Um, you know, I think he's a good NBA player. You know, 20-point-per-game score, 18 to 20 points per game. Can create his own shot, three-level score. Not the, you know, not dominant, mostly due to his physical size, but... I mean, solid shooting guard for sure. Upper tier shooting guard when not in legal trouble. Um, yeah, look, I would value Malik Beasley over D'Angelo Russell. I think he'd be the better get in that deal. Interesting. But that's where I stand. Um, interesting. Uh, I like Kemba. If Kemba can, if if we can get healthy Kemba, that works. Though I am a little bit worried about the playmaking on the team. Because you're not getting a primary playmaker in back. Because Kemba's not that. Kemba needs to have a like a Ben Simmons type player to play alongside to create the offense for everybody else. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't really. I think Kemba can run point. Pretty I mean, he's well. he's a point guard, but he's a score first type of guy, and you need somebody that can facilitate for other people when you have guys like Joel. You know, well, look, he's been playing next to like Marcus Smart slash Al Horford in Boston. Those have been his secondary guys there. I mean, and Al Horford's one of the but, better playmaking centers in the NBA. Yeah, but I mean, Philly, you're going to run a lot of actions through Joel. You'd still have Seth on the floor a lot, probably. He can handle some. Tobias can handle some. I agree that maybe you want to go out and get another guy who can kind of help in that respect, but. Or just embrace to point Tobias. I'm if all for the, that. Yeah, if you're at the point where you're trading Ben Simmons for Kimball Walker and picks, then I don't think you need to worry about Kimball Walker as a playmaker. I mean, if yeah, that's how just, low you are on Ben Simmons, yeah. then you take Kimba. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I, I mean, but do I think that we could get equal value for Ben outside of – outside of not doing a three-team trade from Minnesota? Yep, possibly. You know, you, you'd probably want to do some combination of, you know, you have to do Russell, Beasley. I would ask for Jared Culver as well. And unprotected picks. They cannot be protected. They have to be unprotected if you're not getting, you know, get those unprotected picks. Um, if you can't get Anthony, uh, Anthony Edwards, which we all agree they probably want to hold on to because he looks like the next coming of Dwayne Wade. Um, but I guess, you know, like I said, you know, you get, you get Beasley, you get Russell, you get Culver, you get picks, you go from there, you build off of that, but let's go ahead and we're going to transition to some sad news for Philadelphia 76ers fans. Longtime broadcaster Mark Zumoff of NBCS Philly has retired. So the floor is yours, gentlemen. What... What Sixers plays do you think of when it comes to Mark Zumoff? I mean, for me, I obviously haven't been around the team for quite as long as you guys. And even, you know, Uriah especially has probably been much closer to Mark Zumoff than me. But um, since I started covering the team in, you know, 2017, I've still been listening to Mark Zumoff for like five years. Um, He's easily the most recognizable basketball voice for me. Um... I mean, a play specifically that comes to mind would be the T 
TJ McConnell game winner against New York. Um, that just sticks out for a multitude of reasons beyond Mark Zumoff even, but obviously he's a legend, a Hall of Fame caliber broadcaster, um, had catchphrases for days that just will, will be remembered by Philly fans for forever. So I, I'm interested to hear what Uriah has to say because he's definitely been listening to Zumoff for longer than me, but it's definitely going to be a, a very different experience watching Sixer games next year. Um, I, I've never watched a Sixers game basically on an NBA, you know, without Mark Zumoff. So it, it's going to be weird. I would say, Chris, that there's no one particular game that makes me uh, really latch on to Mark Zumoff. His entire body of work, it, it really is comparable to Harry Callis for the Phillies, in my opinion. And, you know, I'm not saying that he's on this the same exact level because Callis is really legendary in, in, in many different ways. He not only did broadcasting for baseball, but he also did NFL films. So Harry Callis is really, really up there, like with the pantheon of, of you know, the gods of broadcasting in Philadelphia. But but zoom off when it comes to the Sixers. He's up there. He is he's in that conversation. I would say the 2001 playoff series run zoom off when there were multiple games where Iverson went off for 40 plus points I just hear his voice in my head and there's so many plays that that he called like the one you said Chris when uh, TJ made that that game winner against the Knicks that was special of course all the catchphrases uh, you know turning garbage into gold closing all windows and doors these are phrases that will resonate with the Philadelphia fan base for all time, you know, anyone who ever had a chance to listen and watch him in Iverson in his Hall of Fame speech years ago, he said Zumoff should be up there in the, in the Hall of Fame of, of announcers. So I'd have to say the 2001 playoff series is what sticks out to me. What about you, Lucas? Well, to be honest, not until last couple of years did I watch Sixers on non-televised, nationally televised games. So um, I'm pretty new to Mark Zumoff, sadly, um, in that regard. Um, I think really what's caught stood out to me with him is the catchphrases, like you said, Uriah, turning, turning garbage into gold. That's probably my favorite one. Um, but I, you know, he he does have a very iconic voice. It's not like Marv Alves where it doesn't sound natural. His his sounds natural, which I really appreciate. Yes, I, I, I agree 100%. Our Alberts was, and he just retired too, mm-hmm. he had this, I don't know, seemed over the top, effusive. I remember when uh, Albert was calling the, the Bulls game against the, I guess it was the Lakers when he did the whole, went up with one hand and switched to the other hand. I was thinking that that wasn't that great of a play. There was no one really contesting the rim. But anyway, I think Zoomoff does come across more authentic, like you said. And he has a very specific tone and a certain passion in his voice when he called Sixers games. He, he's going to be missed. It's going to be tough to fill those shoes, guys. Which is my next question. Who do you guys think should replace him if you have somebody in mind? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have anyone in mind personally. Uh, uh, I've seen like Tom McGinnis thrown around because he does radio, yeah, I believe. I'm not I'm in saying. Philly, so I've never listened to Tom McGinnis, so I can't attest to him. But 
I don't have any names in mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just going to be so different not hearing Zoom off uh, next Allah next season. So I'll be interested to see where they go with it. I think Zumoff, his replacement should be someone connected to the city. I don't think you can bring anybody from the outside. But I did see, Chris, that Tom McGinnis was was up there in, in terms of conversation. I think he would do a great job. But his, I don't know, I guess his, his job is a little bit different. Creating pictures through radio, the way he describes things, he would really have to adjust his technique i guess for lack mm-hmm. of a better word and so yeah i would say tom mcginnis maybe i can't think of anybody else there was one great uh announcer that worked with zoom off probably about seven years ago former nba player um malik rose he was really entertaining really crafty with his words and his his technique but he i think he's a general manager now so he's out of the question but yeah i'd say uh, mcginnis Guys, the answer is simple. We have to call Spike Eskin. No, I'm joking, of course. I'm joking. Of, I'm joking. Of he, 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 as soon as Jimmy Butler steps on the floor, he's he's uh, catching his tongue every. Yeah, every well, the, the, no, they would probably just bleep him out. But um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I don't have a good answer. I mean, uh, I don't. I. I'm so in terms of like. I mean, I watched the Sixers, but to listen to the commentary, I'm still relatively new to that because I just recently got, you know, I got a league pass in the last last couple of years and I don't really listen to any other Philly sports because, I mean, I've said it before, I'm a Washington football team fan. So, I mean, I got to wait. I got one, guys. Hold up. Hold up. I got somebody that no one's brought up. How about D. Lynham? You guys know who D. Lynham is? I know the name. Can't remember. So she's the daughter of, of Jimmy Lynham, who coached the Sixers in the nineties. He oh. coached Charles Barkley. D Lynham is very, very well known and respected in the Philadelphia basketball community. She knows her stuff. And to hear her calling these games, I wouldn't be mad at that. She's on ninety seven five the fanatic on the weekends, I think she comes on to, to fill in afternoons. I, I think she'd be a nice well, you know, you got either she wouldn't be the first uh, woman broadcaster either because you got ladies like Doris Burke that I love listening to Doris Burke. She does such a good job. So um, I'm not familiar with uh, Dean Line myself, but um, I'm all for it. You know, definitely bring some diver- diversity for sure. As much as I love Dean Line and Natalie Agnoff, I think when she was on 97.5, and, and there's a few other. Uh, female announcers in, in the sports industry, media. Doris Burke is not my favorite. Really? In my, in my opinion, Lucas, I think she tries a little too hard. What? Sometimes, sometimes, in my opinion, when you're when you're calling a game, sometimes you have to let the moment breathe. And she's just, before you let the moment breathe, it could be like a three-second pause. She's just blurting out some random, you know, uh, catchphrase and it, it just now, it, now, I don't see, know I can't get you know see I her. like her back how she breaks down the basketball knowledge for the basic person because yeah my 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 parents I love my parents and my dad you know helped me with basketball growing up a little bit though it's not his primary sport um the, for them to follow the NBA game especially for you know my stepmom who's not really familiar with basketball at all Doris Burke is one of the people that can really break it down simple for the average Joe that doesn't really watch it on a regular basis 
Um, outside of Doris Burke, for me though, yeah, I would say probably uh, Mark Jackson's great. Mm-hmm. Like him, I also like. I know this is going to give me a little bit of slack, but you know what? I like Jeff Van Gundy. He's a basketball purist. I, I get, I, you know, there, there's times that I'm like, Jeff, just, you know, shut up. But then there's also times I'm like, I get you, Jeff. I get where you're coming from because, you know, today's game is drives me nuts a little bit from time to time when it comes to, like, foul calling and technicals and all that stuff. Um, I like outside- Van Gundy. I like Van Gundy. I, I like Van Gundy. And, as far as Burke is concerned, I don't question her basketball knowledge. I mm-hmm. think it's her voice tone. And again, she goes a little bit over the top, just saying a little bit more than she needs to say at certain times of the game. But real quick, Chris, before you go into yours, I have always loved Hubie Brown. He might be Oh yeah. <laughs> he might be a hundred and eight years old, but he, he is knows his stuff. He knows his stuff and he just has a really great way of delivering certain points in the basketball game. You know who I don't like, though, and I'm not trying to bash him, but I do not like listening to Chris Webber. Oh, he's not the best. I agree. He's not. He's not doing it anymore. He's he got. Is he out. not? Oh, he, okay. he fired him. Or he quit. Oh. oh well, I wonder if it was before or after his episode of All the Smoke. <laughs> who knows? Chris, hey, Matt. There? Matt. Yeah. Can, can okay. you hear me? Oh, by by yeah. the way, let me. Um, I, I doubt All the Smoke listens to us, but if they do. Matt Barnes, we would love to, for you to come on and talk about your hatred of Mo Cheeks. Like to get the story. <laughs> I wouldn't. Behind that. I don't want to hear that. I'm a big fan of Mo Cheeks. Well, you know what? He has That's a beef just... with Mo. He has a beef with Mo Cheeks, and as a Sixers website, we should give him the platform as he is a former player. And okay, I agree with that, but that's just one player. It's just his his one side of the story. I, I would love to hear it and see if other players felt the same way that he felt. Because remember, Matt Barnes is not the most, I guess, uh, amenable player. Or, or are you just talking about that one player? thing? Are you talking because of Derek Fisher? Because that happened. Oh, what after do you he... think? Well, <laughs> he, Matt Barnes, he he he. He pushes the, the envelope a lot, and during that time, he was like, 23 years old. You're going to be a recalcitrant player towards a coach that you know has a certain sternness about them. But anyway, I have nothing against Matt Barnes. I love him. I like all the. I, I, I liked when Matt Barnes was on the Magic and then the Lakers. That those were my favorite Matt Barnes. When years. he played with the Sixers, he was just a role. He was a nobody. I remember watching him, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he made a name. But it was good for him. He became a, a solid role player. That was when he was on the um, the We Believe Warriors. That was a fun Warriors team to watch. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that was my first. Like, okay, so backstory on me, listeners. My first, the first time that I really started getting into basketball was the 2006 Finals with the Heat versus the Mavs. That's when I first got introduced into basketball. Uh, really, just dived into it. Um, but the first season that I watched was the 07 season with the We Believe Warriors. Uh, Dirk got MVP. I'm trying to remember what else happened that season. Realized that I love Lou Aldang as a player because every time he made a cool play, me and my dad would say, dang, which was fun for us because for some reason our di- our dish provider got us WN, you know, the, the Chicago station, which is WGN. So we were getting all the local Chicago games. Um for some reason but um no i mean it was a fun time uh that was last season the the sonics were in you know seattle um but yeah 
No, um, I don't think that's... we got Chris's. Who who are the your announcers, Chris? Uh, I mean, yeah, again, I don't have a long list. I'm not too super familiar with many of the local voices. Um, I I really do like Doris Burke. I I prefer her to just about anyone else that ESPN or TNT puts out there as far as color analyst goes. Um, uh, like, obviously, calling a game, Marv Albert has historically been great. Mike Breen, guys like that who are just at the top Bang. of their craft. Yeah. I do like Mike Green's not bad. Mike, yeah, Mike Green, the bang, uh, you, you can't help but enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, I mean, Mark Zumoff is really, like, just up there because I probably listen to him more frequently than anyone else. So it's very sad that he's retiring. Um, kind of a bummer that Philly couldn't send him out on a higher note when they were pretty well equipped to. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm going to miss miss hearing him call games. So we'll get him, um, I'm we'll interested get him on the to see we should try to get him on a podcast yeah. series. Give him some time to enjoy. Yeah, give him some time to enjoy his. Um, he was retirement. on. He was on the painted lines. So yeah, he I was on their podcast. So uh, we can definitely reach out yeah. to. Um, not Brian. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> it's all right. All right, yeah. Chris. It's time. It's an hour and we gotta go. Yeah. All right. So to all our listeners, thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. As always, we are deeply appreciative. We encourage you to subscribe and to leave a review if you can. Five stars. Um, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Omni, just about everywhere you can get your podcast. We're probably there. Um, so just continue to check us out. We'll have a lot of fun content this offseason. So... We're, we're the place to talk Sixers. We really appreciate it, and we will talk to y'all next week. Bye, y'all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.